Welcome to the So You're Ready to Date podcast. I'm Lisa. And I'm Angie. And here's where we talk about all things dating, love, and relationships, and most importantly, having fun. Join us for practical advice for dating successfully on your terms. Welcome aboard. And enjoy the ride. All right. Welcome to another episode of So You're Ready to Date, the podcast. And today we're talking about amazing topic, mixed signals, because nobody is sending mixed signals, right? I've never sent <laughs> mixed signals. We're doing this as a public service because we don't want you to send mixed signals. We want you to have the tools available and ready to use if for whatever reason, whoever you're seeing, whoever you're dating is sending you mixed signals so that you either you figure out what you want to do, whether you're sending them, whether they're sending them so that you find yourself in a better place. And maybe it's just a miscommunication and we're all about communication, but we want to start by talking a little bit about what we mean by mixed signals and then moving into hopefully some suggestions, some ways, some tips, some tricks on how to deal with either giving them or receiving them. Mixed signals, sending them, receiving them, all of the above. So thinking about a time when I have received mixed signals or when I've sent mixed signals, because I know that I have sent mixed signals, especially in my younger years, I was a flirt. I flirted with everybody, men, women, boys. It didn't matter if it was boys or girls or anybody in my path. I was just a flirt. It was my natural reaction. And my husband, my ex-husband at the time, used to get upset when I would flirt in front of him. So knowing that, I also know that when I was dating prior to my ex-husband, I know that I would send mixed signals. And I remember even when I was in college, I was dating a guy who broke up with me because I was flirting with other guys and he knew it. So I think that is a mixed signal that many of us can be guilty of with sometimes without even knowing it because it's just our in our personality to flirt. It's one of those situations where yes, I think people can have this personality to be naturally friendly. I feel like there's a really big difference between being flirty and being friendly. And sometimes that is a blurred line for a lot of us where it feels like we're just being friendly, but somebody interprets it as being flirty. And so, yes, there may be a situation where like, why are you flirting with everybody? And in your head, you're like, I'm not flirting. I'm being friendly. But maybe it's a point where you can stop and clarify, OK, what do you feel is being flirty? What do I feel is being flirty? And is there space for you to dial back your friendliness? <laughs> Because it is a, at the end of the day, not flirting in front of your person is about respecting that person and your relationship. And I don't want anybody to turn into this not friendly person. But at a certain point, especially if you've been single a while, maybe you just flirt all over the place without realizing <laughs> your flirting cap has been broken. So everybody gets it. We love everybody. Everybody is welcome. So it may take a, the form of, okay, I need to re- frame how I talk to other people so that I don't feel like my person is being disrespected. Yes, I think you're right. I think that's 100% right. And I know that I still have a flirty personality. I also know that I have 
put a cap on it. And sometimes it is just about communication because your partner might not have that same type of personality. Now, I'm an introvert, very introverted. If given the choice, 98% of the time, I'm going to choose to stay home. And if I could stay home by myself, even better versus the 2% of the time that I would consciously say, yes, let's go out. I'm an introvert. However, once I am out in public, I am social, very social. I very much want to have conversations with people. I very much want to make friends with the person sitting at the next table. I very much want to interact with the people around me because while I'm out, I'm going to take advantage of it. I like people. I just recharge my battery sitting at home. So I know that I have a very flirty personality. And I also know that I have put a cap on it. Now that cap isn't necessarily because anybody told me I had to cap it. But it's also about respect and being able to rein it in while still being authentic and true to who I am and still being able to be friendly in a way that is acceptable inside my current relationship. I'm so glad that you clarified that because I don't want this to come off as anybody dulling their sparkle or their shine or what makes them who they are. And so I think that's where it feels like it can be this fine line between, well, they just don't want me to be who I am. And I don't want you to. <laughs> so you, it can. It feels like there's this fine line between wanting to be respectful and feeling like you're being controlled. And so I, that's where you, I would encourage you to step back and be like, are they just asking me to be more mindful when I'm out and talking to people? Or are they saying that I have to stop this completely? Because it's hard for me to fully explain where it feels like control and where it feels like it doesn't. But Angie, you explained it kind of beautifully. We're like, okay, I see where I maybe have been over the top with my friendliness, flirtiness, whatever it is, and wanting to do and change it because you feel like, okay, maybe it was a little bit more over the top. I don't want my partner to feel like I'm going out here and flirting with everybody. And if you have somebody who said, hey, when you flirt like this or when you're friendly like this, it kind of bothers me and you dismiss it as them not wanting to be you and they just don't understand that this is just how you are with everybody. That's where I just want people to be a little bit aware don't want you to feel like you can't be who you are. But when you aren't taking somebody's, not criticism, but saying like, hey, this bugs me. Can we talk about it? And you just want to dismiss it as they're just trying to dull your sparkle. That's an invitation for, okay, we maybe need to have a bigger conversation because this is not about me being jealous that you flirted with the guy and got extra fries. This is goes beyond being respectful or disrespectful in a relationship. Uh, yeah, it's more about When you're talking to somebody and being friendly with somebody in public, do they think that you're interested and that it's appropriate to ask you out? Because if they think that you're interested, then you're probably over the line if you have a special somebody at home. If they really know that you're just being friendly and it makes them feel good and they're asking you out because you're being friendly and that that's a little bit different than a oh, this girl is definitely or this guy is definitely interested in me. So I think that's where the flirting comes. But now going back to what does mixed signals mean? Are you flirting with other people? Or is the person you're with flirting with other people in front of you, especially if it's a newer relationship? And a lot of times you have those 
first few dates butterflies, you have this connection, you have this infatuation with the other person. And if the person you're with is flirting with other people while you're around, that can really send mixed signals and make you think, well, do they even like me? <laughs> Since you said that is this idea of are you flirting with the waiter while you're on your date? Or if you're not together, you're still out flirting and it's early in the relationship. I think those are very different. <laughs> things too. So in our context, we're talking about, are you sitting at dinner and you're making eyes at the waiter or the waitress, whatever it might be in front of this person where you're like, I don't want them to get this idea that I'm too serious about it now. So I'm just going to keep the flirt up. (laughs) But you know, yeah, if you're three dates in, you're not defining the relationship. If you're out on your own and you're out doing something else, then by all means, be flirty and friendly to your little heart's content. But it's disrespectful, even on a first date, to be flirting with somebody else, unless you have particularly said, hey, this is not going anywhere. I'm leaving. (laughs) Just just don't. Right? Just don't. That's a fair statement. Just don't. And that goes into you said something really interesting. Or the next one that I think I would hit on as a mixed signal, three dates might be a little early to define a relationship. But are you with somebody that you guys have been hanging out for a couple of months, and now you found yourself in this situationship where the person you're with is refusing to define what you are, and doesn't want to make that commitment to be in a relationship. Why do we have to define it? I'm not seeing anybody else. You're not seeing anybody else. Why do we have to, why do we have to say that you're my boyfriend or you're my girlfriend? That was a a conversation we had like fairly early in my relationship and it was like a month in and he's like, yeah, I just don't really feel ready to put a definition on it. I'm like, okay, that's fair. We've been dating like a month. That's okay. When we hit the like four or five month, he was still kind of being a little bit iffy about it. I'm like, but we're already in a relationship. And we kind of looked at, you know, we see each other certain nights of the week. We're not dating anybody else. We've kind of made the like appropriate love comments to each other. I'm like, but we're in a relationship. And I think it was kind of like, oh, we are. (laughs) And I'm like, if you don't want to call me your girlfriend, that's fine. We can figure out something else that we're calling each other. But I'm like, we're in a relationship and we're doing relationshipy things for each other. And so that is always kind of almost like a red flag a little bit too, that if they don't want to call you their girlfriend or say that, yes, you're my one and only, it would be something to kind of take a step back within the gauge of two dates in. No, we shouldn't be having this conversation. But yes, six months in, that needs to be a conversation. And if you don't want to call this a relationship and you don't want to call us exclusively dating or whatever verbiage you want to use, okay, that if that's a problem for you, then that's something that you need to consider about how you move forward in said relationship. And if you want to be in a committed relationship and the person you're with is not defining that relationship, it's worth it to have a clear and concise conversation saying, this is where I see us. This is where I'm at. This is what I want. How do you feel? And asking the question, letting them put that out there and getting a timeline. Okay, so we've we've been at this four months, five months, six months, whatever, and you're not ready. When do you expect to be ready? And if the answer is, I don't know, it's totally fine to say, I'm not okay with that. That's not what I'm looking for. So if we're not going to be committed to each other and in what we call a relationship, then it might be time to move on. 
one of the things that my boyfriend was most hesitant about, he's like, well, when we start calling each other these titles, it comes with expectations. And I'm like, yeah, duh. (laughs) That's the good part of, but then it was this conversation of, okay, so if I call you my boyfriend, this is what I expect. If you call me your girlfriend, what do you expect? Because I think sometimes, yeah, there's this fear of those particular titles do come with expectations. But maybe you have, because of a previous relationship or whatever it was, have this idea of as soon as I call her my girlfriend, she's going to be like my ex and want all of this stuff. It's a great opportunity to be like, okay, if you're my boyfriend, these are my expectations. If I'm your girlfriend, these are my expectations. What are your expectations? And maybe it's a matter of solving it with a simple conversation of, oh, I thought your expectations were going to be this, but they're that no, I'm cool with that. If this is what we can define it for ourselves, yeah, this is great. So I think using it as a springboard to be like, okay, what are your expectations? And if they kind of line up, then is the actual word girlfriend what you need? Or (laughs) can you use something else and be like, okay, but this is the definition of our relationship. You can I don't know, you can call me lovey bear. I don't care what it is, but as long as your expectations of what our relationship is and my expectations match, are we getting stuck on a particular title or can we move past that and be like, okay, we have defined our relationship. That's what's important. Defining it and being comfortable with it. The mixed signal is when your partner, the person that you're with, refuses to define it and commit to the level of where you want to be now or in the future as you're talking about that. When they get wishy-washy and say, well, I just want to be hanging out and you want more than that, it's to me, that's a mixed signal and can be a red flag depending on the stage of your relationship. And just because you're defining your relationship And there's expectations doesn't mean that they have to match societal expectations. I mean, my boyfriend and I have been together six and ish and a half years ish, and we still don't live together. We're never going to get married. We both decided we don't want that. He's never been married. I've been married before. We don't want that. That's not right for our relationship. And so we definitely don't match societal expectations of what a six and a half year relationship should look like. If you go back, and I don't have the episode right off the top of my head, but it was like the first or second season, and we did an episode called Is This Normal? So go back and listen to that. We'll have we'll link it in the show notes. I can't remember it now. But yeah, because I we're the poster kids for non-traditional relationships. Been with my boyfriend a little over a year now, and we have no plans to ever at this point live together. It's just not on our in our cards. He needs his space. I need my space. <laughs> And a lot of what we do is very non-traditional. So, but that's such a hard place to get out of when you're bombarded by maybe like family and friends and social media and that it has to look a certain way and it has to be on this particular timeline. And if you're not hitting all these points, then are you even doing it right? And sometimes you have to stop and step back and be like, but is it good for me? Is it better for us that we don't live together? (laughs) Is it better for us that we have things that are slightly non-traditional? If it is working, then does it need to be quote unquote fixed? No, but I get it. It's a hard place to be. And that can take some work on your own to figure out that 
unnormal, <laughs> not traditional, can be very beneficial for you if you're both on the same page. Yeah, don't don't fix what isn't broken for sure. Well, I think kind of in that respect, like this whole, so we're talking about mixed signals and it was something that my boyfriend talked about all the times. Like, I just don't want somebody who plays games. And it, I'm not saying that we both didn't, I think a little. <laughs> games in the form of testing the other person and be like, I'm not going to text first. I'm going to let them text first, or I'm not going to make plans. I'm going to let them make plans. It's this whole, it felt like you have to prove how much you're committed, how much they like you. They have to pass all of these particular tests. So are you playing games to get what you want out of somebody or for them to prove just how much they like you? It's a hard thing to not do sometimes too. I get that. There is a difference between playing normal games of I'm in this, but I'm not obsessed versus I'm going to play hard to get. I'm never going to text first. I'm going to pretend that I'm disinterested. There's a big difference between the we're alternating texts and it's his turn to text first or it's her turn to text first. So I'm going to wait a minute and wait for them to reach out first today versus, well, I'm going to go love bomb somebody and then I'm going to wait for them to come back and feel like I'm pulling away. Those are, those are very different in terms of games. And one, I consider normal human behavior and the other, I would consider games that are detrimental to any relationship. Yeah. Early on, I can remember being like, I'm not texting first this morning because I texted first yesterday morning. And if he really liked me that. (laughs) 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 And then, you know, we got over it. There are still mornings where I will text him first, but typically, yes, he will text good morning first. There is this idea of proving everything. And Sometimes it comes down to intent. Are you trying to prove a point? Are you trying to make them prove a point? And are you just doing this because somehow it makes you feel better? I think sometimes that, it comes with a lot of validation, whether that's socially, whether that's with them, that, oh my gosh, they like me so much that they will text me first or they'll bend over backwards. And it can come in the form of canceling all your other plans so that you're fully available or booking yourself so fully that there's never any time to see you and you then you make this big production of canceling or making time in their schedule to do all of that. So most of this comes down to intent, whether like, are you intentionally trying to put yourself in some sort of like pedestal, make yourself look better, make them prove something? Or is this right now my life is just really busy and it's harder for us to find time together. So what is your intent behind either not texting or not double texting or not showing real interest in making plans or wanting them to always make the plans? It should be a hopefully a flow and a balance between the two of you reaching out, making plans, doing the whole relationship back and forth. Yes. Sometimes it, yes, it all comes down to intent. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I remember one time I was dating a guy and I had gone on two or three dates with him and he was so overbearing that it was suffocating so suffocating. And then we're on date number three and his comment is, well, by six months, I want to be living together. And after a year, I want to be married. (laughs) I I had to step back and go, well, if that's what you want, that's not going to work for me. I'm sorry, but this isn't going to work out. But 
for some people, that is what they want and that's okay. But this is where sometimes people will equate. It can be viewed as playing games when it's just, I don't need anybody to see that I am over the top obsessed until we get to this point of actually being in a relationship because our feelings can get so big so fast when we feel a connection with somebody that when you're just sitting back and taking stock of, okay, does this feel stalkerish or does this feel normal and not taking those actions that feel stalkerish, even though we have these huge feelings that we just want to put out there and we're a very normal person. And in six months, those feelings are going to level out and we're going to be in a normal relationship. When I think about the number of times in like my 20s, I wrote like, stupid, embarrassing letters to crushes that are like should have been burned and not passed to them because I had the big feelings and if they could just see. So like <laughs> we've all hopefully have been there so we can learn from <laughs> past us's mistakes to be like, you know, we're talking about like all these mixed signals. And sometimes the best advice for that is to take a step back, is to be like, okay, well, we're going to pump the brakes here and just kind of maybe sit with the discomfort. Because I think a lot of this comes from like being anxious and uncomfortable and because it's so new and maybe we don't know what they're really thinking that to kind of compensate for feeling unsure and kind of out of sorts, we go overboard with our stalkerish <laughs> tendencies. So really, sometimes your best solution is to take a step back, not like cut off communication, but maybe be like, okay, I'm going to give it a couple of hours. I'm going to sit with this uncomfortable. Why am I feeling uncomfortable about this? What is popping up for me because they aren't texting me consistently, because they aren't wanting to make plans? What about this is not sitting right with me? And Figuring that out so that you proceed from a place of not doing this because I need you to like me or I need the answer. I'm doing this from this place of this is where I am, what I need, what I want. If you can't meet these particular needs, then this is a conversation of are we a right fit for each other? I like that advice of taking that step back and taking inventory of where you're at and why you're feeling like things are mixed signals. But if you're the one initiating some of these mixed signals, also take a step back and say, why am I doing this? Am I afraid of the commitment? Is this the right relationship for me? Do I feel a connection with this person? And what do I need to do to interact with this person differently if it's somebody that I want to proceed down this path with? And that can also be scary to look at. That is scary to look at personally when you have to take that step back and evaluate yourself and where your feelings are coming from and why you're actually doing what you're doing. We talked about it last episode of, is this a matter of you don't want to be the bad guy and break off a relationship that doesn't feel right? Is this still early-ish in the relationship and you've dumped all your eggs in this particular basket? Maybe it's a matter of, hey, if I'm being this wishy-washy with a new person, maybe this isn't the right person for me. Maybe I should reschedule that date with so-and-so that I canceled. Maybe I reach back out and follow up on that second date. But I thought, you know, I, he was so perfect or she was so perfect on this first date. I didn't want to go out with anybody else. Maybe it is a matter of, okay, if we're early in this, 
you go out and you start dating some other people and maybe you find that right person. But again, if you're putting out all of these mixed signals, like Angie said, it's a good enough time to stop and take stock of there's a reason I'm doing this now. What is that reason? Do I'm not feeling a connection? Do I feel like this is not quite it, but it'll be a good placeholder? Placeholder for what? It'll never be a bad decision to stop and figure out what's really going on. You'll get some answers, may not be the answers you want or that you like, but it should give you some clarity so that you move forward to a place that's more in alignment with what your goals and your needs and your wants are. So when you end up getting mixed signals, one of the things that we're talking about, one of the big tips is to take inventory of yourself. Why are you feeling how you're feeling? What are you feeling? The other is clear and concise communication. And what that conversation could look like is sitting down with the other person and saying, hey, I really like you. I really feel that we've got a good connection, but I'm getting some mixed signals and I'm not sure how to interpret this. This is what happened. This is how I feel about it. Was that your intention? And just straight up asking the other person what their intent was. And although intent doesn't negate impact, once you understand their intention and where they're coming from, you are free to change your perception of it or to ask for what you need or want out of their actions in the future. Always advocating for those difficult conversations. (laughs) I don't do that. (laughs) And this is not necessarily for you to have this conversation to like dump your whole like emotional purse out on the table or your bag or whatever it is. And, you know, three dates in is different than six months in, right? You're having like different conversations and different expectations. But if somebody is not wanting to show up consistently, and I think that is always a huge sign that maybe somebody is not quite sure is that you're getting inconsistent and signals or communication or whatever it is. But if they know what you want and what you're looking for and they feel like they can't meet that, again, like we always say, take them at their word that they know what they want and that what they need. And if you're throwing off those signals, do you know what you want? And what you need, because if you're trying to date and you don't feel ready again, maybe that's why you're throwing off these mixed signals because you need some more time to heal or to take a break or to do whatever it is. But it's it's not the place to be like, well, if you don't do X, Y, or Z, then we're done. Okay, but you have to take their answer. <laughs> That's a problem too, is that it may be a rejection. They may be like, well, I just say not really ready for this, or I only want to do this kind of casually. You have to be ready for the answer. Or maybe they'll come back and say, well, you were seeming kind of wishy-washy. I'm really ready to go all in. And that might scare you. So <laughs> we put a lot of this on the other person. But, it, you know, if you're the one throwing the mixed signals, maybe they come back and say, hey, I'm getting this from you. You need to be, then be kind and say, yes, I'm looking for this. I just wasn't sure where you were or no, I just see this as something kind of casual. If you see it as something else, this is not the right fit for me. The ability to accept rejection as gracefully as you can and not be mean or hurtful to the other person will always serve you well with however you're having those conversations. And while you're having those conversations, it's important to not place blame. The other person might be the one giving mixed signals. They might be, that might be the case, but going out there and saying, you're throwing out mixed signals 
is a very different tone of conversation than saying this and this happened. And as a result, I'm getting mixed signals. You're not saying that they're giving you mixed signals. You're saying you're getting mixed signals coming from the I perspective rather than the blame perspective. It's going to make that difficult conversation much easier to have. And it is going to keep the other person's defenses as low as possible and more open to hearing what you have to say. Man, I know it's going to, you think in your brain, it's going to feel so liberating and good that you just run on in there, like all fired up saying you're doing all of this. (laughs) I know it in your heart, in your brain, in the like movie of your head, it's going to feel like heroic that you go in and blame them and call them out and tell them all this stuff. But in the end, it won't. It's not going to feel as like movie worthy. as you think it's going to in your brain. Like Angie said, their their defenses are going to be super high at that point, and you're not going to have a productive conversation regardless of how you approach it. So yes, maybe they don't realize they're throwing off mixed signals, but approaching the conversation with some compassion and assuming innocence, to assume that they didn't realize that maybe they were doing this can invite them to have a conversation with you as opposed to this like one-sided yelling match where you're going to be, I'm going to prove that I am right that you're doing this and that it's wrong. And I don't think you're going to come out with the outcome that you're hoping approaching it with a fiery attitude as opposed with a more uh, approachable attitude. What you just said reminded me of two quotes that I absolutely love. And I think at some point, in the near future, maybe we can break this down and what this actually means on our podcast in relation to a relationship. But would you rather be right or would you rather be happy? And that's what you're talking about. You could come in there with guns blazing and you can prove that you're right and you can have a fight over whether or not somebody's throwing out mixed signals or whether or not you're receiving mixed signals. And those are two different things. Somebody might be throwing out mixed signals, but the way that you're receiving them is as, or somebody may not be aware that they're doing what they're doing and you're receiving mixed signals, but somebody is not aware of it. Now, nine times out of 10, they might not even know why they're giving mixed signals and might not realize that that's what they're doing because it's a subconscious thing. So would you rather be right or would you rather be happy? Would you rather have a productive conversation or would you rather prove that you're right and have somebody say, you're right, I'm wrong, it is what it is and we're going to go our separate ways in life. So, that's one of the that's one of the quotes that I think of when I am thinking about how to approach a situation. Would I rather be right or would I rather be happy? That doesn't mean to not address a situation because that doesn't make me happy. That just pushes it down and puts on a front. I still need to address the situation, but I can address it in a way as it is a mutual problem and not somebody else's fault. And that goes in relationships, that goes for colleagues, that goes for any friends, that goes for anything that I've got going on in my life. Would I rather be right or would I rather be happy? And I know people are thinking, well, if I'm right, I'm happy. No, you're not. No, you're not. We'll talk about that some other time, but no, you're not. Now, the other one that comes to mind is how would I respond if I truly believe that the other person was doing the best that they could? And that when you're talking about compassion, that statement right there, which I believe that quote comes from Brene Brown, but that right there 
allows you to approach a person with much more compassion because you believe that they're doing the best that they can and that if they knew better, they would do better. So you're taking to them information to help them do better, not schooling them, not belittling them, not going in with the agenda of being right, but the agenda of this is a problem that we have together. And I believe that you were doing the best that you knew how with the information that you had, I'm going to bring forth some new information and maybe we can change the outcome of how this is going. Yeah, you can by all means certainly choose to be right and be proven time and time again, you just have to live with the consequences of said decision. That's all we're saying. So We're not saying one is better than the other, and maybe your situation calls for one, but there are going to be consequences for your choice, and you're going to have to live with those. Are you happy with it? And if you're like, damn right I am, blessings, right? (laughs) (laughs) So we want to know, what has been your favorite mixed signal? What has been something that caught you off guard and be like, well, I wasn't expecting that one, and how did you handle it? Or... Maybe you feel like you're getting mixed signals and you want some advice on how to best handle it. Email us at so you're ready to date at gmail.com. We would love to hear those stories, what you need help on, because we are, as always, here to serve you and here to bring you the best advice and thoughts and tips and tricks so that your dating life, your relationship life is as good as it possibly can. So again, so you're ready to date at gmail.com. Catch us on all the socials. That's all linked in the show notes. If you want to check out a couple of the podcast episodes we referenced, those will be in those show notes as well. And we look forward to connecting with you for another wonderful episode next week.